0: Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey, folks, thanks for joining me today. My name is Greg Shepard, and this is Higher Ed Retire Podcast. I tell you what, folks, I'm going to share something with you today that... Quite honestly, I don't think, I know, I have never seen anybody utilize this strategy without some help with someone like myself. It's a pretty cool strategy. It's not going to take too long. Uh, I kind of titled this, I didn't kind of, I did title this podcast, Getting the Best of Both Worlds Inside Your Retirement Plan. Kind of a catchy title. So what do I I mean by that? The Best of Both Worlds Inside Your Retirement Plan. So before I get going, my name is Greg Shepard again. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I've been doing this for 20 years, 20 years, all with the same firm. So I have an independent investment uh, financial planning firm. <laughs> I couldn't get, get that all out. We're fee only. Uh, like I said, I've been dealing with higher education employees for 20 years now. I do specialize in helping those in higher education navigate their retirement plans and get them through retirement to a financially sound Place at retirement. So, I'm going to share with you some information. If you find yourself kind of in the weeds a little bit, I'll try to be as, you know, try to make this as simple as I can. But if you need help with this, again, that's what I do for a living. I'm going to share my contact information at the end of this podcast. So, let's go ahead and get going. Now, well, actually, let's back up a little bit first. Before I get going, everybody out there, in order for you to get anything out of this podcast, you must have access to a 403B, 401A, or 457 inside your retirement plan. Now, if you don't know if you have one of those types of accounts, odds are I've learned over the years you probably don't have it. That's just been my experience. Maybe maybe not for you. If you are confused, shoot me an email, and I can help you out in about 20 seconds. Um, I'll share this information with you later again, but my email, greg at Shepherd Financial dot com and shepherd is misspelled often it is s-h-e-p-a-r-d okay so pushing forward here for those out there listening that only participate in their pensions which by the way is just a dying breed these higher ed higher ed institutions are doing away with pensions you know it's kind of akin to social security that's what i compare it to there's more money going out than coming in so uh the pension just isn't a solve solvent (laughs) Solventable <laughs> isn't a very, uh, uh, so, they're just going away. <laughs> okay, let's move on. So, for those of you that only participate in your pensions, you're going to get absolutely nothing out of this podcast. I tell you what, I have many, many other podcasts that I've done that you will get some information out of. You can find that at safinancialservices.com. Click on the podcast tab, and voila, you have all those podcasts. But again, those of you only participating in pensions, this podcast will not be for you. So that leaves us with those out there that have a 403B, 401A, and 457. We are going to discuss this strategy by utilizing TIA, which is T-I-A-A. They like to call themselves TIA now. Utilizing TIA and Fidelity. That's the best of both worlds that I'm going to talk about, okay? Now, you don't necessarily need to have both of these vendors in your higher ed institution retirement plan, but these are the two companies I have used for my client's throughout the years. But you if you don't have these two, I'll kind of give you an idea of what you can do if you have other vendors in your retirement plan, which would be a little unusual because these are the big boys um, in the higher ed institution retirement plan world. Okay, so so I'm going to keep this very simple. I'm going to share with you a strategy like I mentioned earlier that I've never seen anyone take advantage of on their own inside their university retirement plan. So if this strategy is so great, if I were in your shoes, I would ask, well, why not? Why hasn't anybody taken advantage of this strategy? Well, you know the old adage, you don't know what you don't know. Well, you can apply that not only to this strategy, but other strategies I've talked about in other podcasts as well, because most of you out there don't know about it or you're apathetic to the retirement plan Why do I say this? Because I know this. Most of you out there, are it's no fault of your own. It's just human behavior I've learned a lot about over the years. You're going to get hired at your institution uh, wherever you are that you are employed, and you're going to go along with the herd mentality. You're going to go through the HR benefits process. You're probably going to be more interested in the insurance and uh, parking and all that good stuff. And oh, by the way, there's this retirement plan over here that we have for everybody employed with us. You might have a pension, a voluntary, a mandatory, which is kind of the same thing as a pension, but not really. We have this 403B, this 401A, blah, 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 blah. And you lose interest and you're going to do what your neighbor, Joe or Jan, your colleague there did. Okay. And typically, what that means, you do nothing and you default to the default option. And that's typically what they call a target, you know, with fidelity. It's I think it's a freedom fund Uh, with with Tia, uh, you might have a Vanguard or a Tia, they might call it a lifestyle. It's a, it's an age based mutual fund, okay, which isn't bad. I mean, I, I think there's better options, which I talk about in a number of my podcasts, I think you have better options. But that's pretty typical, you're going to do nothing. Okay, so in my opinion, there's a better way. This is one of those better ways, in my opinion. Okay. But again, no fault of anybody there employed. HR does a wonderful job, but they're not investment specialists. They don't they're not qualified, nor that, nor do they want to be qualified to talk about this stuff. Okay, so they kind of skip over this and get into more uh, more things they know about, okay? So let's move on here. So I told you this strategy involves TIA and Fidelity for the most part. So what's the secret strategy you ask? We combine Tia, Fidel- TIA and Fidelity together to get the best of both worlds. So let me explain. TIA, in my opinion, has less than a handful of good investments. Okay, when I say less than a handful of good investments, that's not necessarily true. I They have less than a handful of investments I would use over other options. Because remember, you have Tia, in, in this case, in most cases, you have Tia and Fidelity to choose from. It's not, they're not exclusive. You can use them both together. Well, That's what a lot of people don't understand. Now, most people would say, well, why in the heck would I want to do that? Fidelity has a lot of choices. Tia has a lot of choices. Well, I just got done telling you that Tia has less than a handful of choices that I like better than what you get over Fidelity. Now, I'm not going to get into all of those choices, but one in specific That's not correct English. One specifically is TIA traditional. That's the fixed account. You cannot get that over at Fidelity. Now, what I do, what I've done, is make this very, very simple. Actually, let's go ahead and get into my story here. It's not a story. It's an example. Okay, I can make it a story, but that would be terrible. So I'm going to leave it as an example, and um, we'll call this Mr. Client. That's not his real name, but for the sake of this example, we'll call him Mr. Client. Uh, This individual is currently employed at an institution where he has TIA and Fidelity to choose from, which again is very, very common. So this individual has been a client for, uh, I think, about five years now. uh, Add the one, carry the two. Yeah, about five years now. When he first became a client, we had the normal conversation of, okay, Mr. Client, How much stocks do you want? How much bonds do you want? Now I have software, which is very cool software, by the way, that helps us decide these questions. You know, the days, tangent here, the days of an advisor sitting across the table from you and asking you how much stocks do you want? How much bonds do you want? Those days are over, okay? We have this awesome thing out there called technology that will visually and, well, for the most part, visually help you decide How much risk you want to take and what 80% in the stock market actually, what does that mean? Okay, we can have this discussion all day long about having 70, 80, 90% in the stock market and the other side in the the bonds, in the bond market. But what does that mean? How much risk are you really taking? Well, I have software that actually answers those questions. Technology is a great thing. Not always, but in this case, it is a great thing. So back to Mr. Klein here. This individual, after we did our little risk assessment uh, exercise, we decided that he wanted 80% in the stock market, roughly, and about 20% in the bond market. But then we had a further conversation, and I do do this with a lot of my clients, especially those that are younger. We have a discussion around the bond market. Okay, Mr. Client, why do you want 20% in this case in the bond market? Now, the reason I ask that is because The bond market is really notorious, if that's the right word, um, known or, or notorious for two different things. One, creating income. None of you out there, if you are working currently need income, because guess what? You have a paycheck. That is your income. You don't need income from the bond market right now. My retired clients, guess what they need? They need income. So we have bonds in their portfolio to provide such income. So Mr. Client is working. He doesn't need income because he has a paycheck. Then we moved on a little bit more. So the other reason you want the bond market, bonds, uh, investments in the bond market, Mr. Client, is because you want the stability of the portfolio. Let me remind you, Mr. Client, and everybody else out there, the bond market is not guaranteed. The bond market can lose money. Hence, look at 2013 for a lot of bond markets. Look at 2018 uh, for a lot of the bond market, uh, a lot of bonds in the bond market. Now, they are more stable than stocks. I'll, that's, I'll grant that to everybody, but they're not guaranteed. The purpose of the bond market, a little bit, yes, to provide stability, but a big portion of it is to drive income. So after we had this discussion, we and by the way, let me back up a little bit. The, the bond market is huge, actually bigger than the stock market, and there's different kinds of bonds. Some are more conservative, some are more aggressive, of course. So you can take an aggressive approach in the bond market but i get i'm getting off track here so let's let's get back to our example so mr client you want 20 percent in the bond market i understand that but it sounds like you just want stability you don't need income you want stability well guess what you have a vendor tia that has a fixed account it doesn't earn a lot okay neither, neither does typically the bond market typically typically but it's stability over in the fixed account okay so we can and it, it's a guaranteed account TIAA traditional is a guaranteed account that's a bad word in my industry, but that this is a fact. TI traditional is a fixed guaranteed account. So we can put a portion of your money, in this case about 20%, over a TIAA fixed. And the remaining money, in this case 80%, what we're going to do is direct that to Fidelity. So from your paycheck, every month, let's use $100 here for simplicity. We can direct 20 of those dollars over to TIAA in the fixed account. We can direct 80 of these dollars over to Fidelity's brokerage Link account. I stress that because it's important. I have another podcast on Broker's Link. It is a fantastic podcast. Now I might be a little biased, but the information you you, you garner from that podcast will change your life. And I'm not being too dramatic there. So we direct 80 of these dollars per month towards Fidelity inside the Broker's Link account. Over in the Broker's Link account at Fidelity, we can choose amongst thousands. Yes, folks, I said thousands of investment options. We can get into sectors, uh, green energy, healthcare, technology. And by the way, this is not investment advice. I think most of you out there understand that. So this will satisfy the compliance people out there that are eavesdropping on me. So this is not investment advice. For you out there, Mr. and Mrs. person, employee at the higher ed institution, please contact Someone that knows what they're doing. How about that? Um, an investment advisor of sorts, hopefully a fee-only investment advisor, as as I am, and they can help you out with this. So when we're when, when this strategy is all said and done, and we're finished with the paperwork and allocating everything, Mr. Client here, my client, we're directing. In this case, you know, we're, we're using a hundred dollars here. We're directing twenty dollars towards TIA fixed. That part is fixed. That part he doesn't have to worry about. That will be there, okay? We don't have to worry about that part. 80% going towards all kinds of different stock investments. And, of course, that will go up and down with the stock market. So that is what we did with that individual. He's, I guess he's been pleased for the last few years. He hasn't fired me, so I guess that's a good sign. Let me reiterate real quick. You don't need TIA and Fidelity to accomplish this. Most of you out there will have a fixed account. It might take some work on your end to find that fixed account. But it's a good substitute for the bond market, because you will always get some sort of low single digit rate of return as a floor as a minimum. Okay, now interest rates have been down. So the floor has gone sub floor, it's gone kind of down. But you know, interest rates will go back up and in time, that fixed account will earn more interest. So like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, I am here to help you out. And if you don't know, if you have a 403B, 401A, 427, odds are you don't have one, but contact me and I can help you out, okay? And if you do, if you know you have these types of accounts and you want to explore these options, again, by all means, contact me. This is what I do for a living all day. I can help you out, of course. Phone number, my Kansas City office. I have a few offices, but that's where I live. That's my home office. 913 521 2381. Email, greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Dot com. Shepard is S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Website, SA Financial And by the way, you can find other podcasts that would help you out in your university retirement plan there as well. Folks, hey, I appreciate you hanging in there. I hope you got one or two tidbits of information to take away and utilize it. Utilize it. Utilize it. Don't just don't listen to it and forget it, which is typically what people do. Utilize it. It is to your Advantage. Folks, this is Greg Shepard with Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Folks, go out there and take control of your retirement today, okay? Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.hireedretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again.